This episode is brought to you by Wanted. Wanted is a career platform from Korea with over 10,000 companies and 2 million plus users using the platform for talent recruitment and career growth. Since 2015, Wanted's mission has been to bring fulfillment and happiness to all professionals around the world, offering the best job opportunities and best-in-class career content to support professional learning and growth. Adding on to the growth and innovation, Wanted introduces to you Roundup. Roundup is a video interview collaboration tool for every team. With a simple download of the Chrome browser extension, Roundup invites you and your team to host hiring interviews on Google Meet, share interview evaluations, then round up all interviewer comments in a single dashboard, all to help your team efficiently reach the best hiring decision. It is currently free and available on www.roundup.ai. Hi, I'm Adrian Tan, and this is my podcast where I deep dive into matters surrounding HR tech and the future of work. I was a former HR serial entrepreneur and write extensively about the future of work on my blog. You may know me better through the Singapore HR tech market map that I created in 2017. In this podcast, I speak with the people who are enabling the future of work. From mindfulness coach to employee engagement platform, they are all helping companies to better navigate rising work and business demands. I'm hoping that sharing in this podcast will help you better prepare yourself and your business for what the future of work may bring. Hey, Vidya, thank you for coming on to the show. Thanks, Adrian. It's a pleasure to be here. To start off, could you share with me what's your background, the chain of events that led you into Fitbots, and exactly what's the problem you're trying to solve? I'll probably start with my background. I come from a fairly long career as a talent management professional. Worked for a billion-dollar company named Mindtree in the past, where I used to lead leadership and organizational development. And the company size was quite large, with over 20,000-plus employees worldwide. So a lot of experience was done on large-scale organizational development rollouts. That was also the point which kind of led me to think about my startup idea. So there was so much of focus that organizations, which I saw, were doing on employee individual performance, but very little on team performance and using that data to actually drive business outcomes. So that was the gap which I sensed, and that led me to set up Fitbots along with my tech co-founder, Kashi. We both were colleagues in the same company. My tech co-founder had the background of building CRM systems with scale to 100 million users. So we said, hey, can we do something about team performance with the power of data and build a SaaS platform? And that's how the idea of Fitbots OKRs came about. This was back in 2018 when you first started Fitbots. Was it challenging for you to get through the hurdle to start something given that you were in quite a comfortable position from what I can see Mindtree for close to nine years in terms of convincing your family your loved ones your friends was there any resistance for you to take this step oh you bet and in fact that actually brings back a lot of memories. So one is it was very difficult convincing the family because I was having a fairly, very comfortable corporate role, doing well and there was so much more to do. And then there suddenly is this itch from within to say that, okay, now's the time to start up because it's now or never. So a little bit what I actually went through at that point of time was in a corporate role, if you really look at it, there's this whole ecosystem behind you which supports you. 
So let's say you get into a rock show and it's literally like body surfing where you fall onto the crowd and there's somebody to catch you. But when I actually came out into the startup world and I felt like somebody just hanging on from the cliff where there's nobody to catch you but yourself. So that was the first emotion that I went through when I transitioned from corporate to the startup and of course convincing the family saying that, okay, I'm making this move for something better. So starting your own business is your version of extreme sports. You mentioned you were observing that companies are not exactly tying their team performance to a business outcome. What's the key friction there? Why are companies not really tying in the team performance with uh, the company performance? Yeah, and it was more of an uh, industry observation when I actually started Fitbots and not specifically to the company that I was actually working with. Because across the industry, there was so much of hullabaloo around employee performance and very little about team and strategy. So the gap that actually came up was more from a generic observation across industries. In fact, the first thing that uh, we did when I came out of my uh, corporate role was to speak to about 100 CHROs to find out as to what is really the problem that bothers them when it comes to team performance. And those insights actually form the foundation of setting up Fitbots as well. Why is this significant compared to what we are typically seeing the annual KPI, the annual performance review, what are some key differences? I'll probably start with the basics of OKRs for many of our listeners who are new to it. So OKRs is actually about the vital few rather than the trivial many, which means you just visualize the entire organization actually picking up only about five to 10 business metrics and getting the entire organization focused on them. So for instance, specifically if let's say a company wants to get into a new market and they have key business metrics which indicate success about a new market entry, then all their next level teams just focus sharply on new market entry, making cross-functional alignment happen. So that's the power of OKRs where it talks about the vital few rather than the trivial many and focusing everybody's efforts to certain metrics which matter most. But what I saw out there, especially on performance or employee performance management, was, as you rightly said, taking on a whole list of KPIs, whether they were important or not, but because the role demanded it, and then measuring everything. So the learning on KPIs to OKR's transition is that instead of measuring everything, measure the vital few, and manage by outcomes. So those are the shifts which I found were very powerful, especially as companies started adopting OKRs. And OKR is something that I'm seeing a lot more regularly because uh, companies have gone remote. And as a byproduct, as a consequence of that, uh, many companies or many managers are forced to measure based on outcome instead of input. Maybe I could also understand from you, because in Singapore specifically, we are still seeing a fair bit of friction, especially with the fact that we are under a lockdown right now. And companies are supposed to let their workers do their work remotely by default. But still, most recently, 11 companies got fined because they are not doing that. And I guess one of the key reasons is because they want to have that line of sight, meaning to say they prefer to manage or measure based on input rather than output. Why do you think there's such a friction? 
Yeah, absolutely right. And I think it's how we are programmed as humans because we all love taskless and our days uh, are driven by our inputs or by taskless so that we check them off. But in OKRs, you're actually moving the mind shift from managing by tasks to managing by outcomes, which is probably one of the first transitions that companies and teams make when they adopt OKRs. To your point on remote work, and here we are moving into a work anywhere zone where we not only work from office probably in the future, but also work from anywhere that we are. And in such a a hybrid kind of environment, especially uh, when teams are very distributed, it's very difficult for, let's say, somebody appear in a country X to know what exactly is going on in from a peer's task list in company in a country Y. So in order to have that visibility, not only to tasks, but to outcome metrics is where OKRs comes in. So it really gets everybody together rowing in the same direction, and you're able to visually see where is everybody's efforts going. And that to us is very powerful, especially when uh, you have remote teams and the need to drive that business velocity, especially in an environment like this. And would OKR be much more relevant for certain industries versus others? Or is it something that any company, any industry out there could easily adopt into their workflow? It's a very interesting question. In fact, Fitbots just concluded an OKR's 2021 study. And what we realized is about 55% of companies who said that they adopted OKRs where from technology as a segment. But we also see this rise of other segments like FMCG, retail, consulting, professional services come up. But a large uh, share of the pie is from technology companies. Interesting. And in terms of some of the success stories out there, are there any that you could help audience to better understand what are the kind of changes or what are the kind of uh, difference that would happen once the OKR implementation has been put in place? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And uh, we have many success stories. And I'll also probably talk about what makes a success story because it's not every organization that can adopt OKRs. I think it goes back to one is the acceptance of OKRs. So, for instance, when we work with startups, there is this acceptance of OKRs because startups want to move very fast and they want something which is very agile to align their teams. So, I'll take an example of this very high growth uh, startup that we're currently working with. And while we didn't roll out OKRs to the entire organization because OKRs start best as pilots, we noticed that what it did to teams was to bring the product and engineering teams closer to business and make cross-functional team alignment as pods or squads where they set OKRs together and they were doing their weekly check-in meetings together. So it's not about product, engineering, sales, marketing, or business, but it's about how do we come together as a team and associate ourselves with outcome-based metrics. With week-on-week check-ins happening regularly in this particular client, we found that teams, again, were very equipped to run it themselves, and they, in turn, started coaching others on OKRs. So to us, a successful organization is one which not only adopts, but also which pays it forward to other members who are coming new to OKRs. 
Under what situation should a company start looking into OKR seriously? It's a very interesting question. In fact, one of the first questions before companies adopt OKRs, and it's a question that we ask the company founder or the CEO is why OKRs? So we hear different reasons, but the topmost reason that we hear from company CEOs is the need for alignment and transparency. So what they believe is when there is sharp alignment of all the teams, whether they are, let's say, a 100-member startup or it could be, let's say, a 2,000-member company running an OKR pilot for about 500, the number one um, need for OKRs is alignment because that's the power of OKRs. So when the why is established very clearly and there is sponsorship buy-in, then OKR implementation is a breeze. And on the flip side, I'm very certain as with any new initiative, there will be certain challenges when you're trying to implement anything new. What are some of the common challenges when company decide to implement OKR? One is clearly the understanding of OKRs versus KPIs or other goal frameworks because teams are very new to it. They sometimes have this learning curve in understanding how are OKRs different. So one of the differences that we also uh, you know, spoke about a little earlier is the difference between tasks and outcomes. So teams find it very easy to check off task list. So for instance, marketing will come up and say that, hey, I've written five blogs, I've run two Google ad campaigns, but that's not what success is. The success is whether has the needle really moved on marketing qualified leads or building lead virality, because that's what the business velocity is anchored around. And outcomes take time. <laughs> so the shift which teams go through that's where also uh, the learning comes in, where sometimes there's a struggle to adopt OKRs. The next one is the entire agility, because what happens in OKRs is, let's say, certain key results are not relevant in the quarter, then they can be dropped and something new can be taken up. So the ability to drop and pick up something new is not, it's not easy to let go sometimes. So we, we find that teams struggle with that. And uh, I think the third one is just getting new members on board because these are also growing organizations. So as new team members are coming on board, the organization or the team also has to be mindful to say that, okay, can we get newcomers to actually understand what OKRs are all about and how are we really managing it? So I would think these are probably the top three struggles which I find teams go through. I understand there's something quite unique to your proposition in which you actually have coaches to yeah. guide your customers, to guide your users on OKR, which is quite a high-touch approach. Is that because of what you mentioned earlier on, that people may not be familiar and not so in tune with OKR, so there is this coaching element to get them up to speed and by doing so, ease them into this OKR methodology? Yeah, you absolutely said it correctly. In fact, OKRs is a fairly new category in Asia Pacific because it's new to teams. So one of the first things that me and my co-founder did was to get certified as OKR coaches. So we personally have coached about 450 teams and learned from that experience and built our Fitbots OKR SaaS platform. And what we found when we started doing coaching ourselves and then certifying other coaches and champions to coach their teams. We find that somebody who understands OKRs and coaches and handholds teams, at least in the first 90 days, increases the success of OKR rollouts by almost 90% because there are fewer mistakes that you make when you have somebody who is uh, an expert who comes in and helps you out. So that's been our learning. 
Since OKR is a methodology or framework similar to maybe to some extent KPI and other ways that people have been doing this, many companies have also or might still be doing it on a pen and paper method. What's the benefit of a company implementing OKR through a system like Fitbot versus doing it pen and paper style? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And we find that pen and paper spreadsheets are some of the popular ways in which teams manage. Sometimes they even just put it up on sticky notes. And now, of course, it's virtual sticky notes, and then they maintain their OKRs. We find that approach work fine for teams who are probably under 20. But once it increases in terms of people size, more than 20 members, that's where a platform really comes of use because it gets all the data real time along with notifications of key results getting on the risk zone and alignment both. So in, in let's say on Fitbots, uh, one of the differentiators of the platform is very sleek alignment boards where you can see vertical as well as bi-directional alignment and how every team's movement of the needle is impacting each other and the company level OKR progress. So when you visually see data real time and especially in a distributed team, that's where the magic happens. And earlier on, you mentioned, uh, of course, OKR may not be suitable for some companies. Has there been any borderline cases where they thought, or maybe even you thought, it was a good attempt to go through OKR, but somehow or rather did not become successful? Oh, yes. Uh, we do have you know, stories on OKR rollouts which have not been too successful. So I'll take an example of uh, a client that whom we worked with. The, the client was a fairly growing company. They had about 100 members in terms of people size. There was enthusiasm from the founders and the leadership team to start OKRs. So the Fitbots team said, okay, this is a great company to work with. And we spent a lot of time coaching their team. So we took a pilot team and then we coached the teams not only for one quarter, but over about three, three and a half quarters. And then we realized that the leadership team was involved in something which was highly business critical and stopped attending meetings because of something else which was far more important for them. So what that did to next level teams was the teams struggled with relating to OKRs because they were wondering whether their OKR progress is really being uh, showcased across the organization. And within three quarters, they paused the OKR rollout. So what that did to us is it gave us a ton of learnings to say that, okay, if the sponsor is on board, then we know that the OKR rollout would be uh, well received by teams. But when the sponsor is probably looking at something else and the teams are not really getting that attention, then you can be sure that OKR rollouts fall through the cracks. So yeah, that was not a very good experience. I still remember having some sleepless nights over it. But yeah, we all learn and move forward. <laughs> Yeah, learning would always be the most critical one. And I guess just like many other change management project or any form of implementation, the human element is always very important and often overlooked because in the haste to implement something. So I guess it goes out to any form of projects that people want to look into. And on, on the OKR, going back to the OKR bit, for people who are keen to really consider and really try to imagine how it would be like, could you give an example, perhaps even just a, a role within your own company on how, the, how its OKR would look like versus how it might have looked in a very traditional annual KPI kind of manner? 
Yeah, absolutely. So the way OKRs would look like, for instance, in a company like Fitbots is uh, the benefit of pods and squads. So what do I mean by pods and squads is irrespective of the role that I'm playing, I'm associated with a business metric. So let's say at the company level, we want to make an entry into, and I'm just taking an example, into a new market. So at the company level, the the key result, the objective and key result would be grow at never like level before by entering into new markets. And one of the key results would be increase our uh, number of customer demos in the new market from X to Y. So that's the key result. So now when the team set their key result, it's sales, marketing, customer success who come together, form a pod or squad and take up objectives and key results. Let's say objective one is increase the quality of lead flows so that we are able to enable new market entry. So it's aspirational and punchy. And the key result will be, let's say, increase MQLs from, let's say, 50 to, let's say, 80. Customer success will come and say, okay, increase or decrease onboarding time of new clients from day, let's say, three days to, let's say, one day. And somebody else from marketing will come and take another key result. So when the pod gets formed, they now have a sense of how does each key result impact the other and contribute to each other's success through initiatives. So that's how we find OKRs work well as pods or squads, irrespective of the roles that we're playing. In my previous company, we were using OKR. And something that I've learned about OKR is you are supposed to only hit about 70% of your target, meaning to say whatever you are hoping to achieve should be a stretch goal. It really differs very drastically from what I'm comfortable with. I guess within the Asian context, we are always told to aim for A in school. So in an OKR setting, you seem to be telling me it's okay to score a C or a B. Why is that the case? Yeah, you know, thanks for asking this question because many a time this is a zone where uh, there's a dilemma for teams as well. Saying that if I achieve 70 to 80% of my OKRs, then I'm all set. Oh, but that's not what OKRs are saying. OKRs are all about the aspirational and stretch element, which means when I look at a objective and a KR formulation, the first thing I'm thinking about is, hey, is it something new, something different, and a variation of the past? If the answer to this is yes, then what's my current to target value? So the target value is always a very stretched state. And hence, we say that, okay, if you land, let's say, 80%, so if you're, let's say, you reach for the moon and you land on the stars, then it'll be a great achievement because you've experimented a lot in a zone which is very unknown. So that's when we find that it's okay for 80% achievement. But in OKRs, you also have something called commit KRs, which kind of border on, let's say, annual operating plans sometimes when teams pick it up. And there we, we find teams come up and say that, hey, whatever happens, I need to get to 100%. So this is how we find teams discerning between the aspirational or the moonshot and the commit or the roof shots. Lastly, before I let you go, for people who is interested to find out more about Fitbots, where can you go to? Absolutely. So you could go to our website, www.fitbots.com. We have a fairly active LinkedIn page and as well as a Twitter handle. So you could follow us on that and we'll... We always post a ton of content around OKRs from our rich learnings from having worked with many clients across the globe. 
Once again, thank you so much, Vidya, for coming on to the show. Thank you, Adrian, and I absolutely enjoyed the conversation. Thanks so much. Thank you for listening to the podcast. You can refer to the show notes for links to more information about our guests and their businesses. If you enjoyed this podcast, it would be helpful to give a review on iTunes or follow me on Spotify. If you are using Overcast, please hit the star button under the episode. That will help get this episode and podcast out to more people who may find it useful. I'll see you in the next episode of the Agent Han Show.